0: Well, good morning to each one of you. It is a joy to be together this morning, to see each one of your smiling faces on this Lord's Day. Gloomy outside, but nice to be inside and to be able to worship together. Enjoyed our Sunday school lesson, Sunday school class, and singing together. What a blessing it is. We are in the Christmas season, and it's always exciting and just an enjoyable time of the year for me to be giving some gifts and to ultimately to be reflecting on the greatest gift ever given and that was from God the Father who gave us his son and that we could have eternal life through him and so this morning thinking about a message to share uh I'm not sure. I didn't look who has the message next Sunday, but they're probably concerned that I'm going to preach a Christmas sermon, which I'm not going to do. What I'm going to do, what I'd like to do is uh, is to contrast uh, the greatness of Christmas and the greatest gift that that God ever gave to us. And I'm going to contrast that by thinking about Satan and and one of the most terrible things that he does to mankind. have entitled the message "Satan's Subtle Scam." And just like to to start with a little story, something that happened to to me about 30 some years ago. Mary and I were milking cows, living on the farm, and one day a car drives comes in the driveway, and and a man is selling aerial photos of the farm. He has apparently had, I don't know if he was the pilot himself or what, but he had aerial photos of the farm, and, and he's uh, sa- selling aerial photos. And it's been, yeah, over 30 years ago, so I forget exactly how it all went. I was reminded recently. I'll get to that later, how it went. But one thing that I remembered was he was just a extremely tall man. Like in my mind, he's like seven foot or something. He was just really tall and driving a very large car, and he's selling aerial photos. And back in the, In the late 80s, early 90s, interest rates were like 20%, and I remember it was kind of tough farming, and I was probably reluctant to buy an aerial photo. But anyways, he managed to sell me one, and the total cost was $125, but I just had, I pay half of it, $62.50. So I wrote the man a check, and he said I would, within a matter of weeks, I'd have this aerial photo. He'd bring it out and what have you or send it to me. I forget the details. Anyways, it never happened. I never got it. And so after a few months or whatever, I, I pull out this receipt and look at it. Oh, here's a phone number. So I call Swiftwater PA, I'm not sure where that's at, but I call the phone number and I get one of those messages, this phone is no longer in service. I'm like, okay, let's see how this works. So tried the phone number different times and okay, I guess I, I was had. So a few years go around, I forget exactly how long and one day, here comes a big car driving in the driveway, and this big man gets out, and I'm like, "Why?" I think I know this guy. And he's like, he's selling aerial photos. Would you be interested in selling an aer- buying an aerial photo of the farm? And I said, you know what? I, let me, I went in the house and got my receipt out of my desk, and I said, you remember this? And he's like, oh, man, I knew. I knew there was somebody in this neighborhood. I lost the paperwork. I knew I owed somebody a a photograph and I'll get it out to you right away. We'll get this done. I said, you know what, Ron? I said, just I'd rather just give me the sixty two fifty back, we'll call it good. You know, I don't I'm I'm done with this. And he's like, "No, I won't do that to you. Nope, that wouldn't be fair. I'm going to bring it out to you." And I, I think he was going to do something extra if I remember right. And he went on his big, long stories, and I just kept repeating, "No, just give me the 6250 back. No interest. I'll be good. I'll, We're all good. call it a day, you know?" And he's like, "Nope, I won't do that to you." And so he drove out my driveway again. I said, "Well, your phone number doesn't work." So he scratched it out on here and wrote another phone number. And a few weeks later, I called that number, and again, it was, yeah, not certain, not a good phone number, and he never came back. And so, I was, I was scammed. Now, back in the early 90s, we didn't know a whole lot about being scammed. I should finish this story. I shared this message at Maristown a month ago, and afterwards, uh, here comes Randall Good, and he says, Lester, last week, a man come into the farm Selling aerial photographs. He was really tall. I said, oh, no. Is he I, I wondered if this man's still living or not. He said, he was so tall. And he said, he kept, co- I, I said, no, I, I'm not interested. And he said, he kept coming down in price, down in price, down in price. And he said, finally, he said, look, you may not tell any of your neighbors, but this I'm going to give you this special, special deal today. And it brought back the memory. That's exactly what he did to me. I forgot that part of it. And Randall said, I, I said, no, even on your very special deal, I'm not interested. And he said he got angry with me. He said he took off. He was so angry with me. I said, yes, yeah, apparently he's, he's still Don't, if a really tall man comes selling aerial photographs, don't buy any. But anyways, uh, that, was, that was pretty rare. Back in, the, back in the early 90s for something like that to happen. And now, fast forward to 2023, almost 2024, and I believe that the world we live in—there are scams and spams, and you name it—it's at a—it's at a totally different level. Uh, on a regular basis, I get at least six spam phone calls a day on my, on my cell phone, and I finally—I—I I, I, any unknown caller is blocked. I hate to do it, but I'm sorry. And it keep, I keep getting these. Yes, spam, spam, spam. I keep deleting them every day. And with the internet, it has evolved into something totally big. Today we have all these uh, high return investment. We have pyramid schemes. Uh, if you you can, when you, we're familiar with the word spam, but there's so many other words that go along with it. We have spams, we have scams, we have phishing, we have spoofing, we have farming, and it's just, so sad. We have, I get emails practically every week from uh, McAfee, Norton. Uh, your subscription was, has just renewed for $450. And uh, I'm like, well, I don't even have this. And they're like, we charge it to your credit card. If you don't agree with this, call this number. Well, it's a scam. You co- they're, they're wanting to get your information. It's all one big scam. And that's just, and there's just so much of that stuff going on. There's, uh, and sadly to say, sometimes it's in our circles as well, we just, we're all familiar probably with the Bible to China scam that apparently is, they still don't know all the details, but millions and millions of dollars, somebody just ripped off Christian Aid Ministries and some other missions, and just really, really sad, the things that we see happening today, and it's it's terrible, it's really terrible. Marion and I built a, built a house some 30 years ago and, and uh, we're at the point where things are wearing out. And and recently, uh, well, over the past 15 years, we knew our windows are going; They're not holding up and neither are our patio doors and what have you. And so we're, I start shopping around for patio doors and windows and, and they're tan on the outside, which makes it a little more complicated. Of course, I'm gonna go vinyl replacement windows. But because of the tan, it's more complicated. So I start looking on the internet where I can and suddenly I had I think somewhere close to 50 window salesmen contacting me and emailing me and calling me and what have you, which got kinda kind of old after a while. But the one was insisting to come out, they wanted to come out and show me their product and what have you. So they came out one day and uh, first thing he did was a really nice guy. I mean, very sociable, very friendly person, and he brought his samples in and and he convinced us that he has the very best product in the world. And then the second thing he convinced us was that, it's, that they're, they're very expensive. And it was for all new windows and patio doors on our house, it was gonna be like uh, $200,000. And I'm like, what? Oh, but but hang on, There's, we're, it's, we're doing a special right now. We can do it for 100,000 right now. We're doing a special. And, and we, we have the best, it's just, you know, nothing comes close to this. And so while I'm processing all this information, he says, now, if you sign the agreement today, I can take another 10 off, another 10,000, thousand. will just be 90,000. And I was like, no, I don't do things like that. We need to think about this and pray about it. And he's like, well, then you're going to lose the 10000 and we went on this thing. And anyways, so finally he's, he's out of there, and I start thinking over. I'm, and it, it really, he sucked me into his web kind of, convinced me that this is the, just the best stuff ever. And then I started doing a little research and discovered that this company, it's the tactics they use. They use these tactics everywhere they go. And he wouldn't come and even give me the presentation unless Marion was there because uh it, we both have to be there because we're both the decision makers so to speak and and all of this sounded very professional anyways we I now have new windows and patio doors for less than a third of what he was trying to trying to sell me on just very very uh subtle tactics that that people use and and uh Another one that happened recently uh, came on the, on the internet, saw a pickup truck for sale in Virginia, and I'm like, that's a pretty good deal. It wasn't like super, super cheap, but pretty good deal, and it was something I'd kind of had my eye on or thinking about for a lot of different times, and showed it to Marion, and I figured she would, you know, say no, this is, and she's like, oh, that, you ought to buy that. And so, okay, now I have my wife's permission. And so I start pursuing this thing a little bit, and and, uh, I guess I emailed him, and then this guy called me, and we're talking about it, and I'm thinking, I don't feel like driving six hours to Virginia, down to Lynchburg, Virginia. And he said, oh, we'll deliver it. No problem. We'll deliver it. We do it all the time. And, okay, this sounds more, and there's just a ton of pictures on the Internet. And it was also, uh, it was at a car a lot. It wasn't a private thing at a fairly large car dealer. And so I did a little, yeah, it's like, this looks legit. And yet something just kind of kept troubling me about it. Like, what Well, Okay, let this thing go till, I told him I would take it, actually. But it was already late Friday, and he says, well, wire me the money on Monday. I'll give you the information to wire me the money. Okay. And then over the weekend, I started doing a little more research. And Monday morning, I'm like, no, this, I discovered, this is one big scam it's like, how can this possibly be? I mean, it's a legitimate website, a beautiful website. And all the, I mean, reviews and what have you are just crazy. This is a, and, and yeah, this is one big uh, scam. And so I, I, when I told him that Monday, he wasn't very happy. And we suddenly, the, the deal was off. And within two days, the website was totally gone. It wasn't there anymore. So that's the world we live in today. And it is really sickening but it's just out there and it's, it's everywhere. I want to be and I tend to be a trusting person. That's, I just want to trust people. And it's like the world we live in is, is just, it's not safe to, to trust everybody. Sometimes I, I ponder, how can somebody be this wicked? When somebody's trying to rip us off, I think, how can somebody possibly be this wicked? That they sit down And they're scheming and coming up with all these things and and just trying to uh, take other people's money. How can people be that wicked? I really believe that it is rooted in Satan. And that's what we want to look at this morning and consider. It's rooted in Satan and it is worked out through wicked people. Totally opposite of God who is wanting our best and gives us this great gift of his son, Satan, totally opposite, is out there constantly trying to take what others have. Second Corinthians 2.11 says, We are not ignorant of his devices. And I, really, I, I believe that the best defense that we have against all this is, is the Holy Spirit living within us, and when, when God's spirit is saying, something's not right here, be careful. And I, we, we really need to listen to the, to the voice of God as he speaks to us and ministers to us. And at the same time, I'll, I'll readily admit that good people, godly people, get ripped off and get caught in scams sometimes. It does happen. It can happen. And they are very, very slick and very sly. But we must be alert to to their devices. Message title is Satan's Subtle Scam. Just think a little bit about uh, the word scam. Some of the synonyms would be ripoff, cheat, trick, or con. Scams have been with mankind since the fall in the garden uh, where Eve fell for that first scam. Satan came to Eve and he said, you won't die. You know, you'll be like God. What a ripoff! What a scam! What a dis- what a what a presentation he gave to to Eve there in the garden. Turn with me to Luke, Gospel of Luke, in chapter sixteen for our text this morning. And the word "subtle." Message title is Satan's Subtle Scam. The word subtle, some synonyms for that are refined, elusive, indirect, understated. And one of the things I marvel at is that they keep coming up with new techniques. About the time you figure one out and you think, okay, I got this one, well, after a while there's something new, they come out with some other way, some other, some other uh, wicked way to, to uh, get somebody to part with their, their money. In Luke chapter 16, I want to use the first 13 verses for our text this morning. We have here a story. Some people think it's a parable, maybe a parable. I don't know. It starts out the same way as uh, the rich man in Lazarus. It starts out there was a certain rich man, so it could very easily be a true story. But it's often referred to as the story of the unrighteous steward. The gist of this story is that there's this shrewd rich man, that had a shrewd, dishonest steward that looked out for himself to, a, to such a degree that the rich man never even thought of it himself, and he was impressed. You've all read this, uh, this story different times, and, and that's one of the things that just sticks out to me, how this rich man was impressed with the wickedness of his employee. He's like, wow, I never even thought of that myself. Kind of reminds me of uh, back this summer, we were at uh, daughter's house one uh, Sunday afternoon after lunch, and I look out in the driveway, and here comes my grandson driving this uh, trike, this tricycle, I guess you call them big wheels today. He's driving it down the road, and I'm like, what in the world am I seeing? I jump up and run over to the window, and here there's these like there's, it, on the back tires of the trike, there was, he had car tires or van tires or truck tires or something without wheels stuck in there. And so these big tires are going like this and he's sitting down in the middle and these tires are going like this. I'm like, what? I never seen the likes. And I, we went outside and looked at it and I think my, my grandson Henry came up with this idea, but Boaz was driving it at the time. And, I, and Boaz said to me, he said, it pedals really hard. But it looked really neat and from, from a child's perspective, and I was like, I looked at that and I thought, wow, I, th- I thought that I thought of everything when I was a, a child, but I never thought of that. I had tricycles, maybe not uh, trikes like they have today, but never thought of doing something like that. So, yeah, I was, I was amazed. And that's where this, this rich man in this story, he's like, he's like, wow, I never even thought of that. And he was, he was impressed. Let's read this account, we're in Luke chapter 16, Luke chapter 16, verse 1. And he said also unto his disciples, there was a certain rich man which had a steward, and the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. And he called him and said unto him, how is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest no longer be steward. Then the steward said within himself, what shall I do? For my Lord taketh away from me the stewardship. I cannot dig, to beg I am ashamed. I am resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his Lord's debtors unto him, and said unto the first, How much owest thou unto my Lord? And he said, An hundred measures of oil. And he said unto him, Take thy bill, and sit down quickly, and write fifty. Then he said to another, and how much owest thou? And he said, a hundred measures of wheat. And he said unto him, take thy bill and write fourscore. And the Lord commended the unjust steward, because he had done wisely. For the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. And I say unto you, make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when ye fail they may receive you into everlasting habitations. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in that which is least is unjust also in much. If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one And love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Satan's subtle scam is this. Defy authority and look out for yourself. Put yourself first. Defy authority, defy what is right, and look out for yourself. Put yourself first. It was Eve in the garden. Satan came to Eve in the garden. And then down through history, we, right on, on top of that, we have Adam and Eve having a family. And we have Cain's sacrifice not being accepted by God. Abel's is accepted by God. God is pleased with it. Cain is unhappy. And so who do you think it was that came to Cain, and whispered in his ear, kill him, get rid of him. He's, he's uh, slay him. Take care of yourself. Look out for yourself. The greatest commandment in scripture, we have a lawyer in in Matthew 22 who comes to Jesus asking him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus responds to him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and the great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. On those two commandments. Scams, spams, all this stuff is totally, totally against the first and the second. The the greatest commandments given in the scripture. And we need to... Be very aware of them. Very alive and well today. Look out for yourself. And if you go back to Isaiah chapter fourteen, where Isaiah, where uh, Satan is fallen from heaven, and you read through that account there, Satan—it's—it's it's all about himself. Satan is like, I will do this. I—it's—it's it's I, 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 and. All these things are rooted in Satan. Satan is like, look out for yourself. Look out for yourself. In this account, in, in Luke 16, this story, it, it starts out here in the first verse, and it makes it sound like he's, he's addressing his disciples, which he is. But if you go back further to, 14, to chapter 14, it makes it very clear that he was in a chief Pharisee's house for the Sabbath meal. And so the, the Pharisees, the scribes, I believe, there was other people there other than just the disciples. And here we have, Jesus gives this, this story, and we, we see in the first verse that there's a steward, rich man has a steward, and he, somebody goes to the rich man and tattles apparently and tells him, or he discovers it that somehow, that, that this steward is not being honest, he is he's stealing from you, and so he gets concerned about it. And he calls him in to confront him about it. Verse 2 says, And he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest be no longer steward. And so he he's said, I'm going to dismiss you. You can't be a steward anymore. So he must have had pretty good uh, evidence that this was going on. The scripture does not say that this steward uh, denied it in any way, shape, or form. Apparently it was It was true. And he's not denying it. And so the rich man tells him, look, you're going to be out of a job. Uh, He didn't immediately dismiss him. It was going to happen in the very near future. You're going to be out of a job. Maybe there was things that he wanted him to wrap up or what have you. But a pretty big mistake on the rich man's part because this steward did exactly what so many people do, do today. And what I said earlier when I wonder, how they come up with all these schemes and, and all the things that these people come up with. He did exactly that. In verse three says, then the steward said within himself, so now he's, I can just picture him sitting down saying, man, I got caught, I got busted. What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do now? And so he's, he's thinking within himself, what shall I do? For my Lord taketh away from me the stewardship. I cannot dig. I don't know if he wasn't physically able to dig or if he was too proud to dig. says, to beg, I'm ashamed. He's ashamed. He doesn't want to beg. Verse 4 says, I am resolved what to do that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. One of the things I want to note with with verses 3 and 4, that's very important is this Stewart? do you see any remorse there for what he did to his boss i don't see any all he's doing is i got caught i got busted now i have to figure out what i'm gonna do he uses the word i five times in verses three and four i it's all about me what am i gonna do how am i gonna get out of this situation i'm in and he comes up with this great scam in verse 5, it says, so he called every one of his Lord's debtors unto him and said unto the rest, how much owest thou unto my Lord? And verse 6 and verse 7 explains how uh, he, he said, look, so you owe, it's putting it into, into, into uh, practical things today that we understand. It would be like, so you have a mortgage of $100,000. Uh, about, how about you write me a check today for 50000 and we'll just call it even? The next guy. So you have a mortgage for how about forty thousand? We'll call it even. And I, I look at this. He Jesus gives two two accounts here, but it could have easily been many more than that. And he's just he's just slashing all these everybody that's that he's meeting with, saying settle for this little amount on this big on this big amount that you owe, and they very uh, eager eagerly do that. And so what he's doing is he's making provisions for his future. He says, they'll receive me into their houses. He talks about that uh, after I I do all this this nice stuff for them. So he slashes everybody's, uh, the amount of money that they owe his his boss. And we come to verse 8. And the scripture says, and the Lord, when when, uh, his boss finds out what he did, it says, and the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely. And this is not the Lord Jesus commending him. This is, the, this, is this unjust steward. It's his boss. And we, I can only assume that he was also a wicked man because he was impressed with what he did. And he's like, he commended him and said, boy, I, I never even thought of doing that. Some, that, that would have never entered my mind. I'm impressed that you thought of that. And you, here I give you a few more days or weeks to wrap things up, and you rip me off in a way I never even thought possible. I can imagine he probably did some things so that he couldn't continue ripping them off the way he already had been ripping them off. And he found another loophole and really took his boss across and his boss is like, wow, I am impressed, but guess what? You're you're done, You're, and he's he's out the door, but what he had done was he made provisions for his future. All these people that were dismissed uh, from the, the money they owed, they would gladly in the future receive him into their homes, and he probably always showed up at mealtime. There he was, get a free meal and what have you, and a, maybe even a bed for the evening and what have you. He was providing for his future. And then we get to the, to the last part of verse eight and it says, and now this is Jesus speaking. This is no longer, the, this, is no longer the, this, this boss, but it's Jesus speaking. He says, for the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. I don't know about you, but that second part of verse 8 troubles me. It just really uh Jesus what Jesus is saying there is is just hits home and it should hit home to all of us who who are Christians and and love the Lord. Jesus says for the children of this world, and he's speaking about this unjust steward who just ripped off his boss, he says are in their generation and it's important to know that all these spammers and scammers today and what have you they can rip you off they might rip me off they can rip other people off it's happening all the time but it's in in their generation it's for a short time they will die the same as you and i will and they will face justice and it's for such a short time very short time But Jesus says in in the short time that they have, they are wiser than than the children, wiser than the children of light. Now that's you and I. We are the children of light. We are God's children. And Jesus compares us to spammers and scammers and says, you know what? They're wiser in their short lifetime than you are. In light of eternity. And. You know there's. Jesus wouldn't have said it. If it wouldn't be true. And I my The point of my message this morning. Is for myself. And each one of you. To really take and consider. What Jesus is saying right here. And to let it sink in. And to, to sink in deep. Jesus just makes it very, very clear that in their evil way, they show more wisdom in providing for their future than what you and I do. And that is uh, really something to, to consider. How is it that we are not more concerned about providing for our future? How is it that we are not more concerned about laying up treasures in heaven? We are, we do, we know that. But I think what, what, Je- what Jesus is pointing to here is the amount of zeal and dedication that these wicked people have like I said earlier, I, I picture them sitting around and scheming and conniving and figuring out how can I possibly, how can I do this? How can I rip somebody else off? How can I, how can I take advantage of somebody? And Jesus is saying, they put more time into that than you and I as his children put, it, put into how can I win my neighbor to the Lord? How can I help somebody else In their spiritual journey how can I possibly share the gospel in some new way that will that will be effective what can we do to further God's kingdom and I think that's what Jesus is is pointing his finger at and that at that and you and I as God's children are guilty of that and I believe part of that in in my my thinking part of that is because we are uh, we are so comfortable as God's children. We're born into the kingdom. We have peace. We have contentment. We have joy. We have the fruit of the spirit. We are, we are just, we love living. We just enjoy life. And we become comfortable and forget the Great Commission and forget. It's so easy to overlook the Great Commission and, and what we really should be uh, focusing on. We get to verse nine, and Jesus says something that a lot of, maybe one of you can, uh, can tell me exactly what this verse means. Verse nine, Jesus says, And I say unto you, Make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness that when ye fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. That's a. I well, I read that verse and I meditate on that verse and I'm like, what exactly does this mean? And I read various commentaries explaining this verse and some of them are quite different, but I wanna put it into my own words and what I, what I think Jesus is, is trying to get across to me and to each one of us this morning. What Jesus is saying here is uh, money is necessary. We need money to live. We need homes to live in. We need, we need these things. And there's nothing wrong uh, with, with having these things. But Jesus is saying, use those things to influence others and to lead other people into the kingdom so that when you get to the kingdom some of those people might be there to receive you and some of those people may might be there to say thank you so much for sharing the gospel with me and using your money your resources your home your things your gifts so that I could also come to this beautiful place Use your things, use your resources to further the kingdom of God is I believe what what Jesus is really teaching in in verse nine. Use our wealth, our talents and our influences and what have you to to help other people into the kingdom. And then in, in verse 10 through 13, He talks about money. He talks about those who are faithful in a little bit can be entrusted with great things and those who are not faithful in a little can't be entrusted with great things. In verse 13, he says, no servant can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. That is so true. It, it has always been true. And we cannot live without money. We need money. But it's very important that we don't worship it. It's very important that, it's that, that God is the one that is the most important in our lives. And we use our, our finances and our resources to build God's kingdom and to help others into the kingdom totally opposite of the spammers and the scammers of today that, that have one motive, and that is to increase their financial wealth. And they'll do it to the, to the devastation of others and to the hurt of others. It is just one total contrast to God and God's children and godliness. Total contrast. So... In this Christmas season, let's be thankful for God and what he has done for us and what he continues to do for us. And in closing, I just have a challenge for each one of us. And that challenge is this. In the the days to come, I will guarantee you that you will be confronted with spams and scams and you name it. we, We will be faced with it. We'll be confronted with it. And hopefully we're wise enough to avoid them and what have you. But I want to challenge us with this. And it's been a challenge in my life. And that is when, instead of getting angry, when you get that email and it says, click here, or somebody calls you and is trying to get you to part ways with with your financial resources, which you worked so hard for, and all kinds, just different ways it's gonna happen. When it happens, instead of getting angry, stop and think about what Jesus said. Jesus said, those guys are more studious, they are wiser in trying to build their financial resources than my children are in trying to further the kingdom of God. And let it be a challenge to us to be serious about building God's kingdom and furthering the kingdom and I really believe that's, that's what uh, from, from that verse there in Luke 16 in, in verse 8 that's I really believe what Jesus wants us to take from that. Be wise let's take it as a challenge it's so easy to just get upset with somebody and think boy you're a crook you're a thief but think first of all think about who that person's serving and then think about who we're serving and think about what the person they're serving that's what he teaches them that's what it's all about yourself it's take care of yourself don't worry about other people just take care of yourself rip others off to your own benefit and Jesus teaching is totally different Jesus says no 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 care about the kingdom care about me care about your neighbors care about others and use what you've been blessed with to bless others. So hopefully in this Christmas season, we can that's what we're all about, blessing others. Let's be wise and let's be careful about all the this, all this scams that are out there. Let's be thankful that apart from the Lord Jesus Christ living in our hearts, we too would probably be doing those things. Thank God we've been delivered from that. And let's just be challenged in our own lives when people try to do that to us, to stop and think. Jesus said they show more diligence, they're wiser in their short time than we are in, in furthering God's kingdom. And, that's, and then let's use that as a challenge to be more serious about furthering God's kingdom. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for your attention Let's stand together and I'm gonna have a closing prayer and then you can consider yourself dismissed. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your presence with us this morning. I thank you for your word. I thank you for this story in Luke 16 and Lord, just help each one of us to lay it to heart. Help us to be very careful and studious about all the scammers that are out there today. Seems to be getting worse and worse Help us to be careful and aware of them. And at the same time, when it happens, help us not to get angry, but help us to stop and consider your words. When you said, they're more diligent than you guys are. And let's, let's just know that Jesus is not necessarily rebuking us for that, but he's just uh, pointing it out to us. And this Christian life is... It's not always an easy life, but it is a very good life. And we just appreciate the, the joy and the contentment that we have in our lives. But help us, Lord, to not just sit, down, sit back and to enjoy all these blessings without reaching out to others and showing them the way into your kingdom. In this Christmas season, we're gathering together with families and friends and, and various activities. Help us to let your light shine. Help us to be faithful in furthering this precious gospel that you have entrusted to us. I just pray that you would bless each one of my brothers and sisters, friends here this morning. As we leave here this morning, I ask that your grace, your mercy, your peace would be our portion. Protect us as we travel and help us to be a blessing to others. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.